We're listening to music by Pablo de Sarasate, his Sigourna Bison or Gypsy Air. from a wonderful new album on CD Records called Alazingarese, and we're going to be finding out a lot more about this in just a moment. Welcome to another in a series of podcasts from Sadie Records. We do a podcast every time Sadie comes out with a new release, and that's the case today. I'm Steve Robinson. This album on Sadie is a combination of actually two remarkable ensembles, one group founded by members of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra and an incredible group from the Czech Republic called Gypsy Way Ensemble, and these two organizations have come together on a two-CD set called Alazingarese. And our guests today are a member of Civitas, Yuan Sheng Yu, and a member of the Czech Republic's Gypsy Way Ensemble, Pavel Sportzel. This album, which I've been listening to for the past couple of days, I hope Jim Ginsburg, who is here with us as well, the president of Sadie Record, doesn't mind my saying this, it's one of the most exciting and interesting albums that I think Sadie has produced. Oh, I'm so upset to hear you say that. (laughs) (laughs) The energy on the album is remarkable. And so I want to give our listeners to this podcast just a little orientation. Uh, Please tell us just a bit about the founding of Civitas. How did that come together? Well, Civitas Ensemble came about in 2011. And of course, with my friends in the orchestra, Ken Olson, cellist, and Laurie Bloom, clarinetist, and along with pianist Winston Choi, who is the head of the Roosevelt Piano Department, We played together before that, but never as a formal ensemble. And before that, I had gone through a personal experience with my son, who spent quite a lot of time in the hospital. And with that motivation, we talked about starting a group, and part of our mission is to serve the communities, and especially bring music to the Children's Memorial Hospital. Now it's Lurie's Children's Hospital. And for six, seven years, we've been playing concerts there, and along with presenting meaty, interesting collaborations with other artists. And of course, projects like this one with Pavel Sporzo and his ensemble is really exciting. Pavel, tell us a little bit about your ensemble called the Gypsy Way Ensemble, and then I want to ask how you two met, because you didn't meet last month. <laughs> well, I always loved the gypsy music. I'm trained as a classical violinist, of course, and most of the time I play Tchaikovsky and Dvořák and the compositions uh, from those incredible composers. And I studied in the States at SMU and in Dallas at Juilliard School and, of course, in Prague Academy. But I always had a feeling that I would love to try to play gypsy music, but how you manage, I mean, how you approach gypsy musicians. As a classical violinist, you just go there and you say, I want to play with you. It's very hard. So 10 years ago, I met a group called Romano Stilo from Bratislava. And because they knew what I was doing, they offered me to play a concert with them, a beneficial concert, which I thought it would be one-time occasion. My dream came true. I played one concert with them. And because it went so well, I thought, let's do a recording. Let me invite you as a group to my recording. It went so well that since then, so it's 10 years ago, I have played this kind of repertoire beside my classical music, of course. After a few years, I thought it would be very nice to make up my own group, which I call Gypsy Way Ensemble. The members of the group are 
some of the best musicians, Roman or, or gypsy musicians in Slovakia and Bratislava. And we traveled around the world. Since I started to play this kind of program, I played like 350 concerts. It's really big part of my career. I feel very open and free to play this kind of music. It makes me really, really happy and it was great to cooperate with Civitas on this album. Now, Yuan Xing, how did you meet Pavel? Oh, that goes back to 25 years or even more going back. I went straight to Southern Methodist University to study with Professor Schmieder, who went to Shanghai to recruit about two months before that. So I left China basically in two months, quitting school and went to Dallas. Soon after, Pavel joined the same studio, but from, of course, Prague. And according to him, which I don't remember, that we sat on the same stand, I think on the second violin first stand or something in the orchestra. How many years ago we talked? It was in 1991. Yeah, also a year after me. I I went after 1990. She was a very experienced student, and I came as a new one, and they set us for the first stand of second violin. Yes. (laughs) Did we have fun? Well, you you played all the right notes, and I didn't speak any English also, so I don't know if we had fun, but musical fun for sure. Did you play together at all? And not sitting in a violin section, but His brother was a cellist, and is still a cellist, but he was also studying at SMU. And then there's a pianist, also from Czech. His name is Carl. So we had Yeah, we played some chamber music, and we played some violin duos as well. We played Izai duo, which is insane. Yeah. With a manuscript you can't even read. but So we had a lot of fun. We have a lot more to talk about, but I said that this is an incredible, astounding album, and I don't think we should tease our listeners any longer. We should get to a cut, Jim Kinsberg. That's a great idea, and I wanted to start. To me, it's one of the hit tunes of the album, the Georges Boulanger, as arranged by Lucas Summer, Serenade Cigan. Uh, Do you want to say anything about this piece and how it was arranged? Boulanger was a great, I think, Romanian violinist who lived most of his life in Germany and uh, had a salon orchestra and was very, very famous. So his pieces are very light, happy most of the time. He composed this piece for violin and piano, and I asked Lukasz Sommer, who is arranger of most of the pieces for our two ensembles, to arrange it, and I think he did a great job, and it sounds really well. So this is Lukasz Sommer's arrangement of Georges Boulanger's Serenade Cigan, played by both ensembles, Civitas Ensemble and the full Gypsy Way Ensemble, led by Pavel Sporchel. Let's hear it. Thank you. 
we've opened our podcast with a selection from this wonderful album, Alla Zingarese, and I'm going to let Jim Ginsburg tell you what you just heard. So you heard Lucas Sommer's arrangement of Georges Boulanger's Serenade Cigan, and it was played by members of both ensembles, Civitas Ensemble, which is Wan Ching Yu violin, Ken Olsen cello, Lori Bloom clarinet, and Winston Choi piano, and the full Gypsy Way Ensemble led by Pavel Sporchel. And Pavel, can you give us the names and instruments of the rest? Uh, yes, of course, very happy to. On cymbal, on Tommy Wonsemi, on double bass, Jan Rigo, and on viola, Zoli Shandor. So the two of you met almost 30 years ago while going to school together and playing in the violin section together, and here we are 30 years later. How did the concept and idea for this album come together? I imagine in some form it was percolating all along, but how did it actually coalesce? When we were together in school, of course, the main repertoire was always classical, and we did chamber music, solo stuff. Pavel and I kept in touch after school, and I followed what he was doing, and his project with the Gypsy Ensemble always impressed me. The energy and the creativity and the freedom of all of it. And I felt that provided a path of growth for Pavel. I'm speaking for you, but... Thank you. Uh, I think Very it, nicely. Yeah, but I think in a way that all musicians, classical musicians, crave that kind of freedom because our training is always so traditional and everything has to be in place and everything has to be great and perfect. This is what we aim for. Of course, on top of that, we try to add the emotional part and the freedom to that. That's my perception of watching jazz musicians. The freedom almost comes before everything. Of course, they had the structure and training prior to that. But what we see in the performance is the freedom of it because you take it up and up. So I think that part attracted me, and I felt like that would be such a great thing for Civitas to collaborate with Pavel so that we join in on the fun that Pavel has had for the past 10 years. So I was a little jealous. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he came in town about two, three years ago to, in Chicago, and we talked about what could we do together? This would be a great project. Of course, it took almost two, three years to plan that with the support of the MacArthur Foundation. And just thinking about repertoire, he had his repertoire with his musicians. And we had to think about what could we, Civitas, add to that so that we can expand the repertoire he already has with his group, but also adding on to create new pieces. So. Those were the questions that we discussed for a big chunk of the time. And who would be the composer to commission? Who would be the composer to ask to make arrangements? And, of course, the arrangement part is also back and forth, whether the voice distributed to different instruments were even. So all that is a creative process, which is great. Well, Pavel, you had a head start because you've been performing in this style for 10 years, you said, and giving right. several hundred performances. Yes. But Yuan Ching has it. How did she do? How did the Civitas Ensemble adapt to this? <laughs> well, I must say that without Yuan Chin, it just wouldn't happen, this project. She was the main chief of the project. So I was very happy that she came with the idea to cooperate like that. I've never felt like a gypsy violinist, and I never wanted to sound like one. Although I love the style, and my gypsy musicians always say that in my past lives, 
I had to be one of them because I have a feeling for the style. But of course, I never could play as if I were a real Romano or Gypsy. So uh, to answer your question, Yuanxin is doing just <laughs> great because she's such a wonderful violinist that it's not hard for her to play the notes and she mm -hmm. has great feelings for the style. And I think the arrangements are also very helpful in a way that it's really very easy to follow what Lukas was trying to achieve in the arrangements and the music It's just flowing so fluently that um, you don't have to think too much about the gypsy's real style, but just to play as you feel. As Yonchin was talking, th this music is about freedom most of the time. So I think we felt free in the recording studio. And um, it's great to hear from you that you feel the energy because I think the same from the recording. I, tremendous, I, I, tremendous I, energy. I like it very much. It's very hard these days to keep the energy in the studio because you are repeating all the time. I mean, you are trying to make it like 100% perfect and it's very hard to get 100 or 95% perfection and still leave the energy there. And I think in this recording, you can feel it and I'm happy you felt it as well. And I just want to give full credit to co-producer of the album, Steve Rodby. This is actually a two-disc set, sold at a single disc price, of course. And disc one is the two ensembles combined, and the, all the selections on that album, or that first disc of the album, were produced by Steve Rodby, who was the bassist in the Pat Metheny group for about 30 years, and is a great feel for different styles. And I think he did a great job maintaining that energy mm. as well as the perfection. Uh, I will take credit for producing the other half of the album, which we'll talk about later, which is Civitas Ensemble on its own. And since you're calling out to producers, I have to call out the engineering. Bill Malone, I mean, there's something about the sound of this album. I, I can't even describe it. It's closely mic'd, but there's a sense of reverb. Very unusual album, the way it's engineered. It's just beautiful. And Bill did such a great job. And it was particularly tricky because the selections on the first half of the recording, disc one, were done at Chicago Recording Company, which is a studio with isolation and different rooms. And the selections on disc two were, for the most part, in a concert hall at the Logan Center at the University of Chicago. And in mastering, it was quite a feat to make it so that these, they don't sound exactly alike, but we wanted to make sure that these different selections could actually fit together. So it wouldn't be obviously, oh my goodness, the sound is so different now. And so to maintain that quality of sound over two very different locations, and have them work together is no mean feat, and Bill is amazing at stuff like Bill that. Bill Malone did a remarkable job. Jim, why don't you tell us about this next excerpt? Well, the next one is from the album's title track. This is the Rondo Alizingarese from the Johannes Brahms Piano Quartet, arranged again for both ensembles by Lukas Sommer. Do you want to say anything about this particular arrangement? This piece has to be in the album because it's a namesake. The last movement of the piano quartet is named Alas Ingrese. And when I was coming up with names for this project, I tossed around names. And eventually I settled on Brahms because how can you go wrong with Brahms? It's a piece that we all know. It's a movement we all know very well. And with the symbolum, it adds something. And there are some scales that the symbolum It's tuned quite differently than the piano, and we had to figure things out. But I think, again, it comes back to your word. I'm sure eventually with freedom, we took some liberty with certain passages, but most of it, it was stayed true. 
But for us, in my ensemble, it was a new work. We never played it on our own. And it shows that even the Symbolum or Gypsy group can play Brahms as well mm -hmm. as Civitas Ensemble as a classical group can play Gypsy music. So yeah, so it's kind of interesting, especially with this piece. It's such a meaty piece, and we're coming from such a different point of view. It's something we know so ingrained in us, so to do it differently is like, wow, you know, how come the sound is different? But for you, not for you personally, but for your three musicians in your Gypsy way, it's completely new. They don't know the piece, they didn't know the piece, they know it now, but... But fortunately, they can read the music and the notations, so it's fine. <laughs> And I should note that Ala Zingarese literally means in the gypsy style.
That was music of Johannes Brahms in a wonderful new arrangement and performed by two very unusual ensembles. Jim Ginsberg was the producer. Tell us about it, Jim. Actually, I have to give credit to Steve Rodby for this particular cut. I'm co-producer of this album. This was Lukasz Sommer's arrangement for these two ensembles, Civitas and Gypsy Way, of the famous Rondo alla Zingarese final movement of Johannes Brahms's piano quartet. And the sense of energy and intensity and passion in this recording is unbelievable. And I think radio stations are going to grab onto this. I mean, this is a podcast, but I have a feeling it's going to do very, very well in radio stations around the world. Now, we've been talking throughout the podcast so far. The word freedom has come up a lot. Is there an improvisatory element to any of these arrangements? Do you get a chance just to, you know, look away from the music and let it rip? How do you define freedom in terms of this recording? We as a classical musicians, you know, we are used to play from music and really think about the composer as the main person and then put our own feelings. So right. in a way, we are stuck in a box. Right. You know, you cannot play different notes in Tchaikovsky or Dvorak and Cherdo just because the composer wrote it in a way and you want to interpret it as written. On the other hand, in the gypsy music, in this way, you are much more free than in the classical music. You can take a free rubatos, you can slide as much as you want, because there is no real style or classical style. Gypsy musicians always, when they were on the road, they never practice scales like we do all the time. Uh, they never really thought about uh, using some fingerings as we do all the time, the best one. They just play the music and they had to go get to the note they wanted to get, whatever the way they used. They didn't hold the violin the way we do, really straightforward. It was somewhere on their stomach sometimes. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, you know just, no, it wasn't like Paganini style, you know, they just played as they were born and nobody really taught them except their fathers and families. So in this way, it's really a big freedom for us as a classical musicians to play as you feel. I think that's maybe the description, at least for me, if I feel playing much slower or whatever. The ensemble I have and the musicians are so good that they follow anything I do as a leader. Whenever I take more time, they are so relaxed and so well-trained in their music that they just follow. I ask them, because they know the style much better than I do, I ask them, well, can I do this or can I do that? And they say, well, Pavel, you do whatever you want. We will just follow. Now, are the musicians in your ensemble classically trained or are they Egyptian musicians? Well, they are gypsies, they are. real. And they can read the music. They went to some music school, but it's not like high school or, or conservatory. It's just mm -hmm. for kids. Right. Now, is there improvisation or is it all through composed? Does the freedom come in, as you said, in how to slide and the tempos and et cetera? Well, the arrangements are, of course, truly composed or written down because how many members are we all together? Eight. So four. You, you know, we, we would get too lost. Yeah, in, pretty pretty <laughs> wild. Yeah, if you and yeah. it would, would be really difficult. And I must say that this recording, but I think for all of us, was really unique and adventurous because the studio was divided into three parts with windows. Headphones. You know, headphones, of course. So we sort of saw each other, but we didn't hear the actual sound just from the headphones. So maybe part of the energy which stays is just that our eyes were so opened up all the time if we are together or we are not. And it, 
But I think the energy was also there in the live performance. So yeah, yeah. it's the program, the uniqueness of this program. And I think to elaborate a little bit on the freedom issue, speaking for myself, when we play, like Pavel said, Brahms or Mozart or Beethoven or anything that's in the classical repertoire, there's this respect to the revered composers. You do everything. You try to interpret, oh, this piano, this diminuendo, this Beethoven doesn't write, this fotando, one after another, what does that mean, right? Schubert, the, is it an accent or is it a crescendo, is it a diminuendo? So all that energy is spent on really trying to interpret and having the utmost respect to what the composers wanted. And in this case, we have Brahms in there. We even took the liberty of changing the scales because it didn't work for the symbolum. So in some ways, that already literally speak for the freedom of which we took in this repertoire. And also in something like a Sarasate Sigonavizer, it's a piece that known by everybody, and especially the violinists. And Pavel took the liberty of changing some scales coming down. Each time he plays that scale differently, we had to laugh. Even now, like we're rehearsing for a concert tonight at St. James Cathedral, and we said, we hope we don't laugh at this part because it's just so different from what we normally know. And I think the freedom I speak for myself is that the self-critical part is not there as when I'm playing something by Beethoven or Brahms. You know, if I do something wrong or badly, or which I interpret as badly, I would feel so guilty as if I didn't do justice to Brahms or to all that, right? This program, I don't have that. If I made a mistake, we laugh. It moves on, the energy stays. And so that part of the freedom is so great for classically trained musicians of taking that guilt and the burden of always being perfect or more than, you know, perfect. I want to ask you a question about the collaboration. So you came together. Had you played together before you made the album? We played together in classical repertoire, but not but in not this in style. This. Yeah. And so you got into the studio, and how did the process work? How did you figure out how to meld it together? We played together in Prague. Oh, you mean in, the program in, before in, the recording? In January, because the cooperation was also said that the ensemble, the Civitas, should go to Prague to play with us, and then we should come to Chicago to play some concerts and then make the recording. So, yes, we rehearsed in Prague, set up the arrangements because of course it sounds differently on pm3 or on computer you know and then when you get together you find that something could be changed or improved so we had some rehearsals then i arranged in prague a concert in a big festival in a very beautiful church and this was january of 2017 yeah on yeah. 2017 yes so that was like a dress rehearsal for the recording very important of course and then my ensemble and with me, we, we came to Chicago and made a few concerts and made the recording as, uh, as well. Yeah. Well, let me ask you then about the first rehearsal. What was that like? I think we spent the whole day. We had one and a half entire days before our first performance. So we were, of course, a little bit jet-lagged, but we spent all day in the music school. Yeah, because we talk a lot, you know. <laughs> well, you We know, had the, fun. No, <laughs> we but, didn't but practice so much. That's not true. <laughs> but I think the language issue is also interesting because I communicate with my musicians and, of course, Pavel in English, but then Zoli only spoke Hungarian. Well, my musicians don't speak any English, and 
uh, well, one of them just a few words, so I had to translate well, all, the, all the time. And the violist Zoltan, he doesn't speak any Czech, so my members had to translate to Zoli as well. So it, yeah, yeah so we had few languages there. We had to communicate amongst us in English. Pavel then speaks to Tommy and Yanchi in Czech, and then they translate for Zoli in Hungarian. So. <laughs> it takes a while, but most of it, we didn't have to speak that much because you just show and you play, and we figure out with sign languages. Zoli and I had really good connection just with eye contact, and actually this time, like tonight, we're playing at St. James, as I mentioned. Of course, Pavel's gypsy musicians didn't come, but tonight we're playing the same repertoire as we recorded. At some certain parts, I miss Zoli because I always look at him and we have playing things together. So a lot of things, it's through eye contact and body language. and But we spent a lot of time the first day. Well, it worked out on this album because <laughs> it sounds like it's one ensemble that's been playing together forever. Now, there are a number of new arrangements on the album, and we're going to hear one of them now. This is Civitas, but it's by... Lukas Schommer. So the first two selections on this album were Lukas's arrangements for both ensembles together of repertory works. And now we move on to a piece that was actually... Now, was this commissioned? Yeah, uh, it's commissioned. Yeah. Yeah. And you can explain the title, Sigi Sivi. So this was commissioned specifically for Civitas Ensemble, just the four of them. So how did this uh, come about? Well, Lukas wrote a piece for the eight of us, which is... You say the title, Pavel. Well, Gypsy Odyssey. So because of that piece, and I thought it would be fantastic for Lukas to write a piece just for the four of us because I really liked his composition. Lukas said, great. And so he wrote this three-minute to four-minute action-packed piece. It's really dense but full of energy. He called it Tiki Sivi. Tiki is short for Tigan and Sivi, Sivitas, of course. So it's a clever title, and it's a clever piece. And I should note, yes, there are actually two original summer compositions on this album. On disc one, the Gypsy Odyssey for both ensembles, and then the piece we're about to hear on disc two, written specifically for Civitas Sigi Sivi. Thank you. 
We've heard a complete performance of a work on the second CD on this wonderful two-CD set. And Jim, tell us what this was. So that was Lukasz Sommer's Sigi CV, commissioned specifically for Civitas Ensemble, like everything on this album, based on gypsy themes. And this is a two-CD set, and the first CD features performances by two amazing ensembles, the Civitas Ensemble, founded by members of the Chicago Symphony, and from the Czech Republic's Gypsy Way Ensemble, and they perform on the first CD. Then the second one is Civitas Only. We just heard a work from that second CD. We have two more selections for you. So disc two, as I said, features the, the Civitas Ensemble. Uh, Wan Ching, how did you choose the repertoire? I wanted to feature each Civitas member and also have a piece where we play together. So therefore, there is a violin solo piece, which I relied on Pavel's recommendation. And right away he said, I have two pieces for you. I think you'll be great for it. So I listened, and Bodorova piece I really, really love. And I think it's just a fantastic. It creates such an imagery, at least in my mind when I play it. Ken Olsen's piece, of course, I relied on Ken to... Cellist. Cellist, yes, Ken Olsen. And the requirement, of course, for the second CD is that all the pieces have to be inspired or in the style of Gypsy. So Popper is this virtuosic, incredible cello piece. And Ken always wanted to play it. But, you know, you play a recital and you program this and you don't have a lot of chance to repeat such a piece. So this is a perfect chance for him to take it out and put it on the disc. Winston chose Liszt, Hungarian Rhapsody number 12. And Laurie played this piece that we all liked a lot in previous programs that he played. Leo Viner. And the last piece of the disc is Inescu's Romanian Rhapsody, which Cliff Colnett arranged for us. Cliff being very well-known in Chicago as both a composer and arranger and a conductor as well. So we're going to hear an excerpt from the piece by Popper, performed by Ken Olsen. Tell us about this, Jim. So this is David Popper's Hungarian Rhapsody, Opus 68, chock full of Hungarian themes, some of the same ones, in fact, that Liszt used. So some of these will probably sound quite familiar. So this is for cello and piano. This is the piece where Ken Olsen gets to show off, and I mean really show off, as you'll hear in this excerpt. And he's joined by Winston Choi. Of course.
heard an excerpt from a piece by David Popper performed by two members of Civitas Ensemble, Kenneth Olson Cello and Winston Choi Piano. Winston is head of the piano program at Roosevelt University, Chicago College of Performing Arts. And it's all part of the second CD on this two-CD set, which features music performed by Civitas Ensemble. And the energy of this whole album is just on fire. The whole two-CD set is just filled with passion and excitement, a very exciting CD. And, of course, all Sadie albums, including this one, are available online by going to Sadie's very wonderful website, sadierecords.org, and that's C-E-D-I-L-L-E, sadierecords.org, where you can purchase this album and any of the other. How many albums do we have now, Jim? Uh, We're getting up to over 180. We have one more cut left, but before we get there, tell us, Wenching, a little bit about Romani culture and how did it uh, strike you? And were you surprised by anything or were you familiar with this in the first place? And how did this change your perception? I know some local gypsy musicians in Chicago, so their music always appeals to me. And of course, I'm aware that Pavel's group, you know, for the past 10 years. And part of it always intrigues me that how we associate certain characteristics or behaviors with certain ethnic groups. Being Asian myself, with most people, my friends and my circle, of course, they know a lot about all the culture. But when you step out of my comfort zone or going to neighborhoods or even being abroad, sometimes you get these very stereotypical comments on the streets or striking up a conversation. So in terms of the gypsy culture, I always feel like there's certain views of who they are and what they are and what they represent. And in a way that music is very neglected and that part of their culture. And I think that's such a strong part of their identity, which people don't always know. Most gypsies that I know, they're all musicians or they grew up with music or they know people who played music all their life. So that part, I want it to be the central part of our project, of course, we are two music ensembles, but I wanted that part, the beautiful and positive and the energy of their musical culture, their heritage, to be the central focus of what we normally think of the Romani people. Well, Pavel, the program notes for the album discuss a conscientious effort to, quote, destigmatize Roma culture. And what do you hope that listeners will learn Romani culture and music from this album? Well, first of all, they will, I think, hear great music, music full of beautiful melodies and incredible energy. I just wanted to say one more thing, if I might. We talk a lot about freedom, and we talked about from our musical point, but if you think about it, the gypsies were traveling all the time. They need the freedom even in their lives. It's not only in the music but uh, they were migrants or immigrants through ages. And maybe we, with Yuan Chin, also appreciate freedom very much because we come from communist countries. She's from China. I was in Czech Republic. We used to be a communist country. So it rounds very nicely the freedom, not only from the musical perspective, but also from life or destiny or something. So this is a way which adds up the feeling of the album and the message we are trying to get to the people. And from your perspective, Wanching, why are these cross-cultural collaborations so important? Because I know Civitas has more in its future as well. 
Yeah. Speaking of Chicago, I feel Chicago is such a great city to do these kind of collaborations because we have writers, we have playwrights, and we have musicians, we have jazz musicians. It's in some ways it can free our minds. Again, we're coming back to the word free. And for me, doing projects like this and collaborations like this with different artists in different domain, it helps all of us grow. In terms of being a better human being and being better at what we do in our daily lives, and as a musician, I grow each time that I do something out of my comfort zone, and I think this definitely is one of them. In terms of pushing myself, going into the first rehearsal, not knowing exactly what we're going to play, and we might change the things that we do, and allowing myself to make mistakes and allowing myself to say, okay, I don't know this, I need to learn this, and even. In preparation for this collaboration, I studied a lot in terms of the history of the Romani people, just so that I have a better understanding where they come from and what the music represents. So, in terms of all that, I find it so enriching in my own growth and for my ensemble. And I hope it's true for whomever we are collaborating with. So that's super important to me. Actually, you anticipate. We always ask at the end of these podcasts what makes the Chicago music scene special, and you've already started to mention Chicago in your answer about these collaborations. So. Yeah, I come back to the program that we're going to do tonight in preparation for the CD release. It's a St. James concert, free to the public, but we are collaborating with a poet friend of mine. She's a writer, well published, and. We selected four pieces from the CD: Brahms' Hungarian Dance, and second one is the Hubai piece, and then third is Bodorova, and fourth we end with Sarasate Tsigonovice. And in between, my friend Rachel Dwoskin, she's going to read poems selected specifically for these pieces because she listened to our CD tracks, actually a WFMT performance last year, and. Really studied the music and chose poems, and I put my feedback in terms of what poems would be working very well for our program. So that kind of collaboration it adds to another element of the music and to literature. And we had our rehearsal yesterday. She read the poems in between our pieces, and it makes everything so much stronger and so much more powerful. And what's coming up for Civitas after this? Next season, we have our season opening October. We're having a Viennese night, Schoenberg's Transfigured Night, which is a wonderful piece, and we're hoping to use that piece to change people's mind about Schoenberg or the Second Viennese School. In February, we have a MIDI program focused on Russian composers in conjunction with the CSO Subscription Week. The main piece is Tanyev Piano. Quintet, and then in May on Mother's Day we have a Mother's Day's program, and I'm again will collaborate with my friend Rachel Dwoskin, the poet. I'm going to commission poems from her, and she's going to present a collaborative program with poetry and music selection, dedicated to all mothers. 
And I believe there is another recording project in the future for release in 2020, right? Yes, and thank you, Jim, for another opportunity to present wonderful pieces by Chinese composers with whom I work closely now and also in the past. Two pieces we completed. Yao Chen, fantastic composer. He's coming up with opera. He's working on the main scheme of the music and the libretto. And working with a professor at University of Chicago. So there's a strong connection of Chicago. The opera hopefully will come out in two years. But the piece we recorded was commissioned by From Foundation, and it was written specifically for Civitas and a pop player. Fantastic piece. And the other piece we recorded was by Zhou Long, also an amazing composer. And the piece is called Five Elements. Both pieces are deeply rooted in the Chinese Asian culture, and we are yet to complete the disc. We should end with a selection from this disc, which is an excerpt from the very famous Romanian Rhapsody Number no. 1 of George Enescu, as we mentioned before, arranged by Chicago composer, conductor, arranger Cliff Colman. <laughs> Thank you. 
I just wanted to thank both of you for being our guests in the studio, Yuan Ching Yu and Pavel Sportzel, members of two very wonderful ensembles. And this is a two-CD set, brand new on the CD label. It's called Ala Zingarese. It features performances by both ensembles, and I can't recommend it highly enough because the energy and spirit and vibrancy just bursts forth from it. We should mention that uh, any album on the Sadie catalog is available on their website. You can listen to an extra from just about any of yep. the albums. And you get there by going to sadierecords.org, and that's C-E-D-I-L-L-E, records.org, and you can choose what format to download it in, right, MP3 or Wave or um, FLAC? FLAC or... Flick and FLAC, click <laughs> and FLAC, whatever and you want. A physical CD. We also have playlists that we link to on Spotify, all kinds of ways you can experience. I should also mention that Sadie is a nonprofit company, and when you go to sadierecords.org, you can make your contribution on top of your purchase of an album. That will allow us to continue making wonderful albums like this one. We should mention, once again, all the players who performs on these two wonderful ensembles, Civitas and Gypsy Way. We have Ken Olson on cello, Lori Bloom on clarinet, Winston Choi on piano, and myself, Yuan Ching Yu, on violin. Yes, and I am Pavel Sporsel playing violin, and my ensemble, Gypsy Way Ensemble, consists of cymbalon player Tommy Wonsemi, on double bass, Jan Rigo, and on viola, Zoli Shador. I'm Steve Robinson, a member of the board of Sadie Records. Thank you all for listening.